episode five of the Black Catalyst podcast. In this episode, I talk to creator and founder of Black Girl Sunscreen, Shantae Lundy. She gives great marketing and sales tips as well as overall general advice. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Black Catalyst podcast. It's me, Kyle, your host. And today we have a very special guest, creator and founder of Black Girl Sunscreen, Shantae Lundy. So I basically have some topics that I want to discuss today. But before I get into that, I want to know who is Shantae Lundy? I'm going to, you know, predominantly white high school and college. Um, it has definitely shaped who I am today. I definitely get um, that. So, so yeah, after, after doing that, I moved down to Miami to do my graduate work. So I have an MBA in business. And now I'm currently in Los Angeles. So you went from New York to Miami to Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. In that order, exactly? Mm-hmm. That's it, Jerry. When, when did you go to Miami? Um, 2004. I know I looked young. <laughs> you do look young. I would never guess. I really would never guess. Yeah. So, I'm definitely, I know I'm like 15 years older than you. Maybe, maybe I don't know. <laughs> but actually, I want to address though the going to predominantly white schools because myself, I went to a, um, a boarding school in Long Island, so I kind of understand that experience a little bit. Being a mm-hmm. you know, coming from like an inner city environment or environment that's predominantly African American, going to a school that's predominantly white, it was kind of a different different scenery because you're used to one way of life and they're used to a different way of life and you're trying to all co-mingle and coexist in the same environment go to school pursue whatever areas you're trying to pursue but it definitely creates an interesting dichotomy um great word um but in terms of being like a chameleon right and being able to adapt into these different environments and situations i find being able to thrive in those uh environments are beneficial right, to adulthood, um, and that's one of the reasons why I chose, let's just say, like, you know, a SUNY Cortland versus a HBCU, right, because that's always an option, an option, too. Of course. I got you, I got you. So, once you went to Miami, is that where you first had the idea for your company, or was it in Los Angeles? No, no and I'm actually just going to relocate really quick. Um Nope. So I just started in, okay, so it wasn't exactly in that order. It wasn't, um, it wasn't um, New York, Miami, Cali. It was New York, Miami, Cali, back to Miami, then back to Cali. I know a lot of moving around. Hey, so you went from New York to to Miami, to Cali, back to Miami, back to Cali. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And did you front at the financial costs every time you had to move? Mm Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's pretty, a lot of money. Pretty much. <laughs> it, is, it is, especially if you actually relocate your entire house, right? So, like, I am I put my things, you know, inside of, like, a moving pod and and then shipped it across country. So, that was really where the extra finances came. Um, but to answer your question, you know, um, you asked me, where did the idea of Black Girl Sunscreen come up? And you know, moving to California was a really uh, amazing experience because there's a lot of creatives here, right? In terms of, you know, the, the entertainment business, movie business, um, the acting business, um, dancing, 
um, you know, there's just so much creative juices flowing and me being a woman of the sun, living in Miami for 12 years and then coming here and hiking, you know, doing so many outdoor activities um, and having a diverse group of friends, I was always encouraged to wear sunscreen. And I would always be like, nah, chill. Like, I'm not, I'm not putting on the sunscreen that makes me look like a ghost or makes me feel <laughs> uncomfortable, you know, when I wear it. So um, I just started to, to just get like super dark and which is, which was totally fine, but it was just like, okay, you should, you should be wearing the sunscreen the amount of time you're spending in the sun, Chante. And I was like, okay, well, let me just Google to see like what products there are on the market. And I put in keywords such as like sunscreen for women of color, sunscreen for um, brown skin, sunscreen for ethnic skin, and came up so shorthanded that I was like, oh, this is clearly an issue. This is clearly um, a problem. Is there something I can do about it? Right? Mm -hmm. Because you have to go through that process in your mind first. Like, it's one thing to acknowledge that there's uh, an issue or a gap in the market or a white space, but if you can actually like implement a solution, that's another thing. So then I just started to think about like, okay, what will it take to create this sunscreen for melanated skin? Because I can't be the only dark skinned woman. You can see me, right? We're pretty like pretty similar complexion, but I can't be the only dark skinned woman that is looking for a product that's gonna protect their skin from the sun without having them look crazy. So I said, okay. let's start to talk to cosmetic manufacturers, right? Because that's who would make the product. And even figuring out who would do that still took some thinking, Mm. right? Um, And then, you know, approaching them via phone and telling them my idea and then having at least five out of the seven manufacturers that I contact tell me that I was crazy. Um, a, because of, you know, when you hear a Shantae on the phone, you automatically think black, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so who is this black girl coming into this, this space that black people aren't in and uh, pitching this idea, right? The name black girl sunscreen is, is super niche. It's, it's super, um, you know, at the time it was just kind of like, you might have had to explain it for someone that doesn't know the culture to understand it. Um, so the, the the pushback that I was getting from manufacturers were like, well, the word girl, is that for like seven-year-olds, right? Mm-hmm. But really the word girl is in term of endearment, right? So like I can call my friends like, hey girl, like what's going on, right? I would not say to my mom's friend, hey girl, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that's inappropriate, right? We're not in the same, same um, peer group. So really girl is just like, just a term of endearment so explaining that to them first was already the the first hurdle the second hurdle was um, making sure that the ingredients that I wanted to use for the formula were the actual ingredients um, in the sunscreen so you know things that were would moisturize our skin so we're not we didn't look ashy like that's important to me being Mm -hmm. environmentally friendly that's also important to me and I had manufacturers say like hey these, ing- these are the ingredients that come in sunscreen and it's been done like this for 20 years and we're not changing it. Well, then I, we couldn't continue that conversation, right? Because that's mm-hmm. not, I didn't want to put something on the market that was that currently existed. So um, I answered your question in a very long way, <laughs> um, but, but, that, but that's how I got started. And it was really that move to, mm-hmm. to Los Angeles that just got my creative juices flowing 
um, not even that I was looking for something. It, it just, it just kind of came to me. Yeah, no, that's definitely, it did answer in a long way, but I appreciate it though. Definitely a lot of value in there. Uh, yeah. What I really appreciate about your product is I feel like it gives so much empowerment in itself. Like just going through some of the social media and watching like the girls put it on, you can see that they, they have a different glow to them. They smile, they feel so empowered. They feel like they can go out and conquer anything, which is amazing. And I think they did a great job developing the product and developing the brand itself. But my next question I want to know is, once you fully had the product after you finished the manufacturing process, the most difficult aspect I feel like most entrepreneurs face is generating sales. So what was the process? What was your initial marketing strategy to go get some sales? Um, you know, so in 2017, when I actually thought of Black Girl Sunscreen, like the marketing aspect and getting sales to me was like easy. It was like a no brainer. Right. Because because I say this because we live in a world of technology, you and I are doing a conversation face to face, you know, podcasting and, and things like that. So in my mind, it was like, OK, we're going to launch an Instagram and we're just going to let the, the world know that we exist. Right? right. But it takes more than that. Right. It's more than just posting a photo. It's how do you reach that consumer? How do you resonate? Um, how do you um, convey a message that hasn't really been articulated before? So it was, it was more of like, okay, we got this. We're going to create really clean images that represent us, that show us in different complexions, in different environments, not just the beach, but maybe outside taking a walk, maybe just uh, running an errand, um, showing the everyday Black woman doing everyday things, right? So that was really our core messaging. I am not the face of the brand um, because... I want um, women of color to know that black girl sunscreen is for all complexions, not just for a dark complexion or a light complexion or a medium skin complexion. So we actually had um, a post go viral um, and it was a user, uh, a customer that purchased black girl sunscreen and she posted it on Reddit. And then literally it got picked up by every uh, online publication there is. So Essence, Glamour, Elle, Yahoo, and it just snowballed from there, right? So literally it just took one article to create awareness. And then after that, it was kind of like, hey, skin estheticians were reaching out like, hey, do you wholesale your, your, your product? And at first I wasn't really open to that idea, but really wholesaling is, is what drives a lot of, a lot of business companies. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let me try this out. And um, what I found is that skin estheticians are literally the front line of our business because they're the ones that are actually, you know, out here educating their clients, right? So if you go in to receive a facial, right, a skin esthetician will say, okay, you have, you know, maybe like a dry skin or oily skin, here are the products that I recommend for you. And in the products, within the products that they recommend, there's always a sunscreen, there's always an SPF. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's black girl sunscreen that they're recommending, but they're not educating women of color that, hey, sunscreen is very important to use, right? So it's not now just black girl sunscreen talking about women of color wearing sunscreen, it's more than one outlet talking about women of color wearing sunscreen. So, so sales started to come in in different funnels. Right, so it's not just our brand, but it's skin estheticians, it's it's other um, black dot coms that are like, hey, your product is awesome. You know, I talk to women of color about different skin products. We'd like to carry you. Boom, 
right? Mm -hmm. So again, it, it's more than one person talking about it. And we've done so much online that we got the attention of a national retailer. So the national retailer was like, oh man, we love what you're doing. We really wanna understand and prove that your um, mission and vision resonates with your community. Let's do, let's do a pilot, let's do a test in our store. Okay, cool. So we do the test in their store. And I mean, we blew the doors off the hinges right in that pilot because this was this was the test can we drive new customers to that store to that to that major retailer and that's what we did by aggressive marketing campaigns by being you know visible in the community so you know another way to drive sales is um participating in trade shows whether it be a hair show whether it be a skin show whether it be a show for you know uh women whether it be just a podcasting show yeah you, you know you you have to make yourself visible and create attention because if you don't have attention on you or what you're doing, then you're relevant. That's true. You said so many valuable things just now. So, so that's how we started to create the sales and it, it, it is an ongoing, it's an ongoing process um, about creating sales. Um, you know, we've had many hurdles as, um, as a sunscreen brand for, for black women because the first hurdle is do black people even wear sunscreen? Yeah, I was about to say, because that's a right? huge myth, yeah. Yeah, so so like that's the first hurdle. The second hurdle is like, okay, now we have to, you know, educate, convince, and change a mindset, right? Yeah. Then it's like, okay, after the convincing and, and the, the education piece, now they got to buy, mm -hmm. right? Then on top of that, <laughs> like the, no, I'm, I'm telling you the all the know, process, know, right? So, so then on top of that, it's being a Black-owned business, right? And the scrutiny that we get for being small and, and Black, like, well, why is your shipping $5.99? Or why is your price point higher than the rest, right? And that's because we're not able to produce mass yet, right? To, mm -hmm. to cut costs down. And, and I don't know if a lot of consumers really understand that concept. So there's so many different things that we have to navigate just to get the one sale. No, no. Jeez. So I have a quick yeah. question though. Just based on what you just said previously about the skin estheticians, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, yeah. would you recommend that people when starting a business that they kind of, before they start, look to see what opportunities they have in the market to kind of license, not, I wouldn't say license, but find a person in a professional industry that could utilize the product as well so you can kind of drive sales that way? Yeah, it totally depends on the product, but I definitely think before um, going to market, I, I, I think that you should have a distribution strategy in terms of who else is going to help drive your business and drive your sales. So did I have skin estheticians per se on the list? Not necessarily, but I had salons on the list, right? Gotcha. We can be in, in not necessarily a tanning salon, but we could be in, be in beauty salons because some beauty salons carry an array of products. Could we be in barbershop? Depends on the barbershop. But sure, yeah. absolutely. So who else can carry black girl sunscreen? And I think that that is definitely something a business owner, depending on the product, should assess is who else can help? Who else can hold hands with you to propel your business forward? Mm -hmm. Or is it just going to be the business? I mean, you think of major, major companies like a Ray-Ban, okay? Let's just mm -hmm. say for an example, um, you can find standalone Ray-Ban stores, right? In the mall. Right. But you can also find pop-ups or um, booths within Macy's, within Nordstrom's mm -hmm. of Ray-Ban, right? 
So it's it, it's the same thing with black girl sunscreen. We're just put in different in different outlets. So I definitely think strategizing and seeing who can partner with you would be beneficial depending on your goals for the business. Gotcha. And also you talked about um marketing campaigns. Is I just want to think like with the process of how you structure market, is it a process that you just do by yourself? Do you have like a team? Like do you work with like creators at the same time and all work and plan of how you're gonna go about a marketing campaign? Or is it more like ad hoc, like I think this is gonna work, we're gonna go and just do it like this? No. So initially, you know, Black Girl Sunscreen started off as a one woman show, maybe a two person show, because we had a dedicated web developer who's um it's imperative to have a solid website, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, um, we started off as just Shante, right? And um, I saw what was going on around me. I saw that you could excel um, on social, whether it's, you know, you got to find your medium, but uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, whatever it was. Um, and now as we've developed and grown, um, our team has grown as well. So we do have um, a marketing team as well as a complete social team. And these are women that oversee their, their respective channels. So we have somebody for Black Girl Sunscreen. We have a kids line called BGS Kids. So we have somebody that monitors that page. We have a pop and Twitter page. Um, really? So somebody, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so we have somebody that manages that. We have somebody that manages TikTok. So we have actually an individual person that manages these different channels because even though it's the same voice, it's, it's kind of different content. Mm -hmm. it, it, you could use the same message, but it, it should be not the same message. You could use the same picture, but it has to be a different message. So these are things like that have been, Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, it's okay. So these are things that have developed over time. This is something that I did not have um, when I initially started because I didn't have the resources or the finances. It's not until, you know, we started to grow and get the sales that I'm like, okay, I can now budget to bring someone on to monitor this. These are things that I had to juggle on my own. I also, um, you know, being on this entrepreneur journey, um, it's a continuing education. So I'm a huge, a huge, um, I would say, um, advocate of learning everything that you can, learning bits and pieces of, of every department so you can share that knowledge, right? You can mm -hmm. be dangerous in, in, in little ways. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of, not to let out my secret here, why I kind of started the podcast as well, though, because I wanted to be able to learn as much information in different industries so I could be, I could have that knowledge and market in that way. I know about this, I know about that, and kind of, it's also personally for myself, be knowledgeable of many different industries. But my next question is, your products have been flying off of Target shelves. And I want to know what was the process like of getting into a large retailer? Hard. I can imagine it's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, we get that question all the time. But, you know, the, the, the simple answer is I, I got to bring it back to what I said earlier, is that when you when you when you work hard and when you do these 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 small things, it seems small, whether it be present on Instagram, be, be present on Facebook you know, um, participating in, 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 in trade shows, um, you know, word of mouth, then when someone is looking for you, it makes it almost really impossible for them not to find you. So, you know, if you search on Google sunscreen for dark complexions, black girl sunscreen is coming up. We literally like 13 pages deep on Google, right? Mm -hmm. our, our visibility is, is insane. So when it, when it comes to, um, you know, 
um, having a, a large retailer find us, like we're not, we're not hiding. And that's what happened. Um, they were looking for something and we made it very easy for them to find us. So that was really the process of, 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 of them discovering us. But if we dial it back, like we were in the trenches, right? We were in the trenches, whether we had 10,000 followers at that time when they found us, because that's how many we had when they found us last June, we're at 42, all authentic. We've blocked like every bundle page, if you <laughs> get that reference. But, um, um, but, but in terms of really just working really, really hard, that's what we did. And, and that's what we will continue to do is to keep attention on the brand. Mm. No, you definitely did a great job. Cause when I saw, I remember I was going on my phone and I saw, I was like, this is genius. Like I gotta find out who owns this company. Cause it's, it makes so much sense. And the fact that it was, and nobody thought of it, you're just a genius. The fact that you're able to create it and execute it, how you executed it is probably. Thank you. So, so what happened? Did you see an ad come through your feed or something or what happened? No, I was on, um, just going strong through Twitter and I saw it on official black wall. She posted it and I was like, nah, that is, I gotta find out who owns. I gotta talk to them because this is beast. But no, you did Yeah, but, but you, but, but you see like, but even with like that, right. Official black wall street, right. Like that's a page that posts like what, what's the now, right. Like what's popping right now. And, and I think that's what brands and people have to understand is like, how relevant are you? Mm. Right. So, so that's what Black Wall Street talks about is like it's current events, right? And Black Girl Sunscreen um, is current and we intend to stay current. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you go to our, our Instagram message, it's product related. It's, um, you know, education piece, but it's also things too, celebrating, celebrating excellence, celebrating mm -hmm. Black excellence. So you, you find you, an array of just kind of subject matters, that, but that's relevant um, within our community. No, true, true. I know you spoke just now about um, Black Girl Sunscreen staying relevant for a long time. Do you have any plans in the future of expanding your catalog beyond Black Girl Sunscreen or? That's a good question. <laughs> um, um, the recognition that we just got um, most recently is we became the first Black indie brand to have um, permanent placement in a national retailer, right? Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So what that means is, um, so we originally started on an end cap and an end cap is seasonal. It goes away with different things. So like you can walk into a store and see an end cap for, I don't know, Super Bowl merchandise, like Super Bowl chips and mm. like beer or whatever <laughs> and Coca-Cola, right? Or, you know, for Easter, they have things like for the Easter bunny and eggs and yada, yada, yada. Okay. Mm. So we started off with something like that, but because we did well, um, they said, okay, now you're going to live with the, sun, the other sunscreens, right? Mm -hmm. So now we go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the, the national brands, like the more traditional brands. I don't need to name drop them, but we know who they are. So when you ask me if we, if we have plans on uh, expanding, you know, maybe outside of sunscreen or even our SKUs, the plan, of course, is to get more real estate, meaning like if you go into the store and we only have one or two SKUs, on the shelf, we only have that much space, right? But the goal is to have that much space, uh, right? Well, I never even so, that, yeah. yeah, so so like if you look at, let's just say like a Neutrogena, right? They have like eight SKUs, right? So they, they have like that much space. Black Girl Sunscreen only has two, so we only have like that much space. So to answer your question, yes, in order to become mass and global, 
we have to expand product-wise and even store-wise. Now, does that mean that we jump category? Do we jump ship from sunscreen or sun care to, I don't know, hair care or cosmetics? Eh, we like being in our sun care space, right? And we know that we've done well because not that, that there's not much competition, but um, you've seen a lot of, um, you know, indie brands emerge within the hair care space. Mm, I see what you're saying, yeah. Right? Right. So, and it wasn't even like we don't want to enter the hair care space. My idea was just sunscreen and we jumped into it. So what we do well with is sun, is sun care. So we need to master that first before we're like, hey, let's dabble in cosmetics or hey, let's dabble in, um, I don't know, something else. But right now we want to we want to really just hunker down on what we started with and, and really just nail it. Now, you said that perfectly because I think you're very well positioned in this industry because there's nobody I feel like personally that's going to create a sunscreen brand and compete with you at the level that you have right now in branding being in that you're a large re- you're in a large retailer so well, well, ch- well check feel. this out check this out Kyle um so what has been the most uh, very interesting is that our competitors and this is a trend now, right? Our competitors now market to, to people of color, okay? Mm. So literally, you know, it's, it's sunscreen season is full, is in full effect. So what they've done is they've created products that are black girl friendly, and then they'll market it to black women, whether it's on the IG timeline, Facebook um, ad or whatever. And they'll literally have like a black hand and they'll put the sunscreen on the hand and say, rubs in with no white residue, right? So what that means is that those big companies see little old black girl sunscreen, right? And are doing something that we've done a couple years ago. And so when you say that like a brand can't compete, um, in terms of our marketing and our name, no, they can't. But in terms of product development, they're so far ahead of us because they've been in the game for 12, 13 years. They just never thought like, hey, black people are wearing sunscreen, really? Right? So now they've duplicated or mimicked what what we know is the most intimidating reason of why black women are not wearing sunscreen so no they they're not us there's only one black girl sunscreen for other other brands trying to do it like us absolutely right they're like hey we want that market share too so it, it it's a cool thing it's a cool thing because they see us we see that they see us right it's all good it's all good but but the positive is the positive is it's because since we're still an emerging brand and they might be a really big brand is they're just creating their awareness as well right they're creating their awareness as well because we don't have that reach but now black girl sunscreen is giving the consumer an option right so that's how we make that into a positive it's not even being competitive it's like how do we get that education piece out there to our community because most of us didn't grow up wearing sunscreen. That's just what it is. The sunscreen word did not exist in our household. But now there's more than one company talking about it. So we're okay with it because there is only one black girl sunscreen. That's true. Respectfully though, I feel like even if they were to try to come for you in whatever aspect or try to come for the brand by developing their own products, 
I personally feel that the empowerment that you created around the brand is no competition for that. So even if they try to dabble in that market, you have a large advantage in the fact that they can't make somebody feel empowered by putting on their national, their like uh, overall brand sunscreen. When you put this on, you're going to feel that empowerment that they can't replicate. Right, right. No, that's facts. That's facts. But, you know, you do have that consumer that's like, eh, why should I wear a product that just says black girl? Like, why can't it just be for all? So there's so many different perspectives. Now I'm being really honest with you. There's just so many different perspectives, but yeah, we don't, we, we people, we're like, Oh, we see you. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And we just keep it moving. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. So I guess um, my final question for you today, cause I know you're very busy is if you could give one piece of advice to a young adult who wants to pursue entrepreneurship, what would it be? I got two pieces. I got three pieces. I got I got three pieces just because you know you, you learn and you grow um and it, hopefully you should be learning and growing in everything that you do right um so my first piece of advice is to clear out the minutia and what I mean by that is you know for you, you you know you started a podcast and you might have somebody that says what about this what about this what about this are you sure on that and and, and you and your internal self is like, I want to do this, mm. right? So what I encourage someone when they have an idea is to just do that shit <laughs> and, and, and block that out. Block that mother out or that sister out or that, that friend out and, and you try it, right? So it's more than just saying that you have an idea. It's, it's actually about implementing it, mm. following, following through. You know, my little sister, um, she has a baby and she's like, oh, I created this toy because he's teething and and yada, yada, yada. I had the drawing. I said, okay, what's next? Mm. What's next? Do we need to find somebody that can create this toy? Is it going to be developed stateside or, you know, overseas? Like, what's the next step? Um, So, so, uh, so really it's twofold on, on that, that first piece. It's clear out any, any other thing that is telling you not to do it. Mm. right because for whatever reason they can't do it and only few people actually succeed at successful entrepreneurship you're laughing but i'm being so dead i know i know i know (laughs) right so um so so clear that out and then the next thing is to actually do what you say you're gonna do Mm. right you you are here ready to go you are on time kyle you got your your headphones on you got your microphone looking real professional let's Mm. go Let's get these interviews up, right? <laughs> so you, so you're, you're implementing. It's no, it's no longer an idea, right? Mm-hmm. You're not even doing it on an app where a lot of people start off and, and that's okay. You've progressed. You, you like Zoom, let's go <laughs> face-to-face, right? So you mm-hmm. can actually create, you know, you can re- create videos, you know, do highlights. Mm-hmm. So well, that's my first piece of advice. Um, my second piece of advice is um, consistency. So um, I come from a very corporate background where it was extremely competitive, but I always stayed on the top. We didn't have bad months and I didn't have bad years. Mm-hmm. I consistently brought results. So what does that mean for you? You can't just, so if you're, if you're, if you're, if your podcast is a weekly podcast, do weekly, weekly recordings, mm-hmm. right? Or you you knock all your recordings out or whatever in a couple of days, but you post weekly, right? Mm-hmm. Or if it's going to be quarterly, whatever it is, your 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 um your your kind of um 
why am I losing my word? <laughs> whatever your, your plan schedule? is, yeah. right? Whatever, yeah, whatever your schedule is. So, you know, being consistent. So if, you, if you're an influencer, then post your, post your stuff regularly, right? So with this entrepreneurial um, journey, it's, it's about really following through everything that you're saying that you're going to do. Lead, lead by example. Be consistent with that, right? Yeah. So first we're like, okay, clear out the noise, implement your whatever it is, your service or your product, be consistent with that. And then my, my third piece of advice is when you get there is keep composure. So my mantra is never get too high and never get too low because at the end of the day, this is just business, mm-hmm. right? So, so never get too high means like, okay, cool. Um, you've got a, a hundred, a hundred episodes, which would be a nice milestone for you. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a lot of hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of editing. Um, so, so cool. That's a great day. But then you might have a day where your technology is just not right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the guest is like, yeah, Kyle, I don't know him. He just, no, I don't, mm. I don't want to do that. Right. And it might get you down, but really if you're kind of keeping even keel with this, like nothing is really going to make you not humble. Mm. So, um, so those are always really important to how I maintain my sanity. Gotcha. During this journey. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you so much for this interview today. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm going to go ahead. Is it okay if I leave your social media and stuff in the link for the video that I post? Of course. Okay, I got you. And go ahead. Don't forget, guys, follow Black Catalyst on everything. I'll put the links for us down below as well.